0: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
1: Leadership is not always about using power, but sometimes it's about yielding power. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Hey, it's Justin from Inverse, and we've got a whole series of topics prepared just for you, pertinent for young adults. And we want you to get even more involved in our Bible study. So we prepared a Bible study guide called the Inverse Bible Study Guide, and you can access it by going to inversebible.org. From there, you can see all of our topics and study guides and materials and blogs and whatnot. You can study the Bible and join our conversation here on Inverse. Hey, welcome, friends. We are on the topic of Nehemiah and biblical leadership, and we are smack in the middle of the book of Nehemiah in chapter 5. And maybe you're wondering, there's 13 chapters. How are we in the middle? We'll find out as we read this uh, this chapter how this works out in the structure of Nehemiah. So, Jonathan, uh, you're going to read chapter 5 for us, but before we read the Bible, we're going to ask prayer from Siku.
0: Okay, let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful that you have led us thus far in our study of the book of Nehemiah, and we pray that the things we have learned are transforming our lives and will continue to do so, so that we can be more effective leaders and leading people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we pray that our study today would do likewise. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Kelly, can you give us a kind of a, a jump start into this and just kind of fly over really briefly of where we've, what we've covered thus far?
2: So, there's a city that needs a wall. Okay. <laughs> Nehemiah's so, like, I'ma do that. Really high up there. <laughs> <laughs> he said go high. <laughs> so the Nehemiah comes. Yes. Really hard things happen. Yes. Then there's the wall building. Yes. And now we're here.
1: Amen. Here we hey, go. Hey, that's, that's, that was, you, you've caught us up. That's yes. good. That's good. Nailed it. Um, let's go to Nehemiah <laughs> chapter five, verse one. And um, this kind of takes a different turn. So chapter four is a heavy chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of stuff's going on. And then chapter five, this may not necessarily be chronological. It mm-hmm. may be happening simultaneously, but topically it's a different uh, train Focus. of, 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 what's thought. that? The, a train, train of thought of going on. Yeah. A different trial. So chapter five, verse one, Jonathan, please.
3: And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses, that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their, ch- as their children. And indeed, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters have been brought into the slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards.
1: All okay, right, stop there. Siku, can you paraphrase? What's going on there? What's that? What's the problem that's presented?
0: The problem is that within the Jewish society, there mm-hmm. are people who are, there's the haves and the have-nots, mm-hmm. and the haves are... Taking advantage of the have nots and the have the, the this this gap, I guess, this economic socioeconomic gap is growing and becoming worse and worse and worse because the less that you have, the more that you need and the more that the haves, those who do have, exploit your need. And so it's just this cycle of and they get to the point where they're like, you know, if we, if we we have nothing else to give in mm-hmm. order to get what we need in order to live, just mm-hmm. to live.
1: So we have an Occupy Wall Street scenario right. going on here. And uh 1st <laughs> 4, they're borrowing money and they can't pay some of the money they borrowed off of. And they're yeah. sending even their children into
3: slavery. Mm-hmm. So there's even slavery going on within the Jewish people amongst themselves. I mean, this Jonathan. is a- this whole situation is an age or a problem. It's as old as humanity. And mm-hmm. so this is nothing new within society. this happens all the time. It's very much happening today in different shapes and forms. But why this is an issue here is because, as you said, this is the Jewish society. And they're supposed to have a little bit of a little different setup. Mm-hmm. In fact, God um, told very clearly in you know, to Moses and the people of Israel, that this is not the way it is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be freedom. There's supposed to be support for those who are weak, for those who are uh, suffering, those who don't have enough. Even the strangers within your gates are supposed to gain a blessing from the wealth of the land. And this is clearly not being played out right but,
0: now. Yeah, they're not supposed to be charging. You no, this—they're charging like exorbitant taxes yes. on the borrowed money. Yes. So not just that. Interest rates are super high. Y- yeah, yes. and they're not supposed APR, to be doing that. has said percent,
1: Credit cards, pay up credit cards. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, lending sharks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and to and and <laughs> more student loans. Student loans. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moreover, um, within Jewish society, God had even set up a system so that every seven years and then every fifty years there, there was there was a system set in place so that it would equalize society again. So yes, yes you have economic jubilear, yes yes you have economic disparities, but God set things in place so that among His people there would be times I guess when when you have a chance if you're really failing to Mm -hmm. make it, that you can start again, you know? And for them to get to this point, they must have been neglecting God's system.
1: So the problem has been set up already that this is not an external thing going on. These are internal dynamics. So Mm -hmm. as a leader, most likely these things were going on simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So so Nehemiah's got to deal with the externalities and then on top of that, Mm -hmm. he's got issues happening on the inside. Question, what's worse, the outside or the inside?
3: Mm Well. That's a good question. I was the inside. Inside. I think the inside yeah. is yeah. what inside. It is yeah. Because when we have the outside pressures, you still have your people with you mm. who are in the same pot as you. Mm. But yeah. now you have suddenly those people turning against you in a way. So mm-hmm. yeah. position of,
1: of, of, of leadership is a very lonely one in this sense. Yeah. Let's go to verse six and see Nehemiah's reaction <laughs> in Callie, Can you read from verse six onwards?
2: And I became very angry. When I heard their outcry in these words.
1: Very lonely indeed. Yes. yes. <laughs> Verse 7.
2: After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, Each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren? Or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. Then I said... What you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? I also with my brethren and my servants am lending them money and grain. Please let us stop this usury. Restore now to them even this day their lands, their vineyards, their olive groves and their houses, also a hundredth of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. So they said, we will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. And the people did according to this
3: promise.
1: Okay, we'll stop there. And Jonathan, what's going on there in, in regular language?
3: Well, it's a very interesting situation because Nehemiah is now faced with something he was maybe not expecting. Mm-hmm. So he, he came to build that wall. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly you have these social economical issues that he has to deal with. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is he, he does deal with it. He doesn't say, hey, you know, that's not why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Talk to the Levites, talk to the priests. He takes it on and takes the leadership and deals with it in the right way. And so he, um, he calls an assembly, he calls a gathering, And he calls in those wealthy people who have been exacting those taxes and saying, listen, this is not right what you're doing, Mm -hmm. and something has to change here. Mm. And he takes an oath from them. They are are actually willing to do it. What I I find beautiful about that is that Nehemiah um, here is led into, I mean, not that it wasn't spiritual before, they were building a physical wall. But now God is using Nehemiah to also bring um, not just physical restoration, but also spiritual Mm -hmm. reformation Mm -hmm. uh, into this process. So Nehemiah is is a tool in God's hand to slowly but surely restore order in Israel. And by calling this assembly and by dealing with this uh, issue head on, um, he does a wonderful job in doing that. Uh, the Lord is using him, I think, in a powerful way. Mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 when I see in verse, where am I? In verse six, mm-hmm. um, it says, Nehemiah says, I became very angry. And yeah. you contrast that in verse, in chapter four, where the enemies became the enemies of God's people in chapter four, verse seven, became very angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were angry at what God was doing. Mm-hmm. But Nehemiah's anger comes out of the fact that they're not doing what God. Had ex- would expect for his people to do. Yeah. So y- emotion, um, their emotion is driven by different things. Mm. But it's awesome that in verse 7 of chapter 5, it says, After mm-hmm. after serious thought, he doesn't mm-hmm. immediately act on this anger that he experiences. Yeah. Like, I was very angry. Yes. But he doesn't go and lash out and be like, Oh, y'all, I messed up! Or <laughs> yeah. He takes time apart and he, he pauses, reflects thinks about how he's going to deal with the situation It says, after serious thought, then I went and I did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a testament to the importance of reflection, the importance of thinking, and not acting out on our emotions, mm-hmm. not that, not, even when the emotions are not wrong in and of themselves, but taking the time to reflect and think about how we're going to respond. So to
1: this anger that, that he felt was based on injustice, and it was based mm-hmm. on rights or wrongs being done, and he, it, it was it was the proper reaction to feel right. angry. Mm-hmm. I, the, I think the original uh, Hebrew says that he talked to himself. Right. He spent some time, mm-hmm. he's like, Nehemiah, is this really what you want? Yes, well, I'm very angry. And <laughs> and he's having this discussion, like, maybe we should internal in, dialogue thinking mm-hmm. internal dialogue. Mm-hmm how many times do we need to talk to ourselves a bit and talk to the Lord... Uh, a lot a bit, and 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 go through that. I <laughs> oh, okay. appreciate that. Very appreciate that. Okay, what else is going on in this section? Um, I like uh,
3: verse things? 8, and it says, And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now, indeed, will you even sell your brethren? Now, I'm not 100% sure if he's r- talking here about what he did, or if he's talking collectively, because, you know, they've come back from Babylon. Mm-hmm. But he takes the lead and says, Hey, listen, this is the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know from later on uh, that Nehemiah always was very proactive in being part of the group and, and doing what's right and, as we're going to see, yielding his authority uh, so, uh, or y- yielding some of the things that are due to him. So he's, he's saying, I will uh, be proactive in the, in, in the work here
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and, uh, and help, help the situation with my own means, with mm-hmm. my own power, whatever I have. And so yeah, verse 10 uh, yeah. it says
1: i also with my brethren and my servants am and yeah, money and grain mm-hmm. please stop this usury so hey i'm out of my own pockets yes. helping these people to get out of debt helping them get out of their student debts and out of the out of their credit cards hey let's just do away with this high interest thing let's bring it down to 0.3 apr rather than 33 percent for 9.9 <laughs> this is not biblical Amen. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Amen. 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 And this is a this is this is a theocratic society and not a secular society and very difficult to implement in today's capitalistic modern society. So we don't want to mix those two worlds together. Okay, Callie, you're laughing. Oh, there's, there's,
2: two, there's things two. That, <laughs> mm-hmm. two things that two things that stand out to me in this chapter. So one is kind of going back just to just the very beginning of bringing up chapter five in the first place so yes. far. Yes. And you know it's it's something that's already in place with sin, but it's like this situation is bringing more sin to light. Mm. which is good in the sense of it needs to be exposed so it can be changed, but it's also bad because, like, it's there. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, as Jonathan was saying earlier, it's not just simple, like, let's build let's build the wall and restore the place. Like, no... There's some deep-seated issues we got to work it's through. Just, yes, yes, And it could have been like, like Nehemiah could have ignored it, or it could have been like, this is too much. I'm going back to being a cupbearer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. handle all this. But a lot of times when we, we want to make lasting progress, mm-hmm. we have to address the deep issues mm-hmm. and not just build the wall, mm-hmm. not just do the part that we came to do, mm-hmm. but to go through the painful parts. Because even his reaction shows this was even more painful mm-hmm. than being mocked by other nations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's close to home. Mm-hmm. But we have to deal with that. Is think-
1: Nehemiah is going through a lot of junk here. And I like what Callie was saying, that he could have gone and been a cupbearer at any moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of Christological uh, message here. When we come back out of the break, we're going to look at what does Nehemiah do to exercise his power as leader? And what does he, does, what does he do to, to yield his power mm-hmm. as a biblical leader? So stay with us Welcome back, friends. We are in Nehemiah chapter 5, and I'm just getting very excited for this chapter. We are in the theological center of, of Nehemiah, and you're asking how. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're getting into that. So, so we'll go to Siku. Siku, what's going on in some, some parts that you want to talk about <laughs> of chapter 5?
0: <five? laughs> no, well, so, we were talking about during the break yes. here. Right, no, before we went to break, yes. I wanted to comment on what, on what Callie was okay. saying, was that um, you, you have these socioeconomic disparities that they're experiencing Mm -hmm. that when we look at chapter three Mm -hmm. we one of the comments was that you have the the rulers and you know the apothecary working side by side you have Mm -hmm. people in completely socioeconomically disparate um, positions in society working hand in hand Mm -hmm. next to each other with Mm -hmm. the wall Mm -hmm. but chapter five brings out that while they're working together with the wall there are, there are these back issues that are going on, mm. and so the work actually, yes, you're building the wall, but if you don't deal with these issues, like it will ultimately, it will actually hinder yes. your ability to complete the project because yes. stuff will end up coming up. So, chapter five in in this bringing this necessity of building the people and dealing with these issues, it's important to deal with these issues. Otherwise, it ultimately hinders the work. Mm-hmm. And I think speaking about our contemporary. You know, situation, there are issues in the church which, yes, it's important to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and we must yes. focus on evangelism and there are souls that are dying and this is all true and this needs to be our primary focus. But, but if we neglect the fact that there are socioeconomic disparities amongst us that can end up becoming issues in our ability to work together right. on the wall side by side mm-hmm. to complete the task, we need to deal with that stuff and mm-hmm. a godly leader realizes that.
1: Mm-hmm. uh, these issues are annoying, sticky, (laughs) dirty Mm -hmm. uh, and and, in some way, very important, but in another way kind of low, right? I mean, and I'm getting to my point is Nehemiah at any point could have gone like, look, I don't need to deal with this. This is just too much stress for me. I have a PhD in in royal cup bearing. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to go back to where everything's nice and Mm hunky-dory, which uh, brings back to to who, Callie? I'm, I don't want <laughs> to take it to Jesus. Um, it, it's it's we don't want to be glib in this, but it, but it Jesus, it's so powerful in that. Yeah, I
2: no. think about you know yeah he's like okay I sign up to like save people, but like I didn't save up to like deal with Peter all the time. Peter was <laughs> not in the prophecies. <laughs> Peter was too much. Yes. <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah. Or like you know that that one that one time when I healed that guy and he never said thank you. Like I, that was not in the prophecies. I didn't have to do that. Like that was not okay. And Jesus with a full perfect right. Because yes. Nehemiah like you know Nehemiah. Died does have, you know, his duty to God, so he does kind of need to stay. But, like, Jesus has a perfect right to be yes. like, forget all this, yeah. forget all y'all, we're going to start over, because I can't, because I'm God.
1: It's a human inclination <laughs> to react that way. Forget yes. this. Yeah. This is too... Not, I don't. I don't need to deal with this. And here yeah. Nehemiah doesn't. And this is I think where biblical leadership really gets yes. gets 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 powerful. He exercises the power that's rightfully rightfully his to 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 implement. Mm-hmm. How does he do that? He goes in verse twelve. He, he says, the, "We will." Oh, they, they respond. I'm sorry. Verse thir- er, Oh, verse twelve. I call the priests. Okay. Now, the question is, why does he call the priests, right? Mm. And then he requires an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. So, see, these are the guys who have done the wrong verse 13 then i shook out the fold of my garment and said so may god shake out each man from his house and he goes he goes kind of dramatic here Mm -hmm. like literally drama dramatic 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 Dramatic. and then and then at the end says the assembly all said amen they praise the lord and the people did according to his promise Mm -hmm. in one word what is he implementing here at what how is he using his power for righteousness sake
2: well, even before—sorry, before that. Okay. Verse seven. Can we yeah, go right. back to verse seven?
1: Climactic, yes. Sorry,
2: and then. <laughs> and verse seven. Going back. So after serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers. Yes. So that—that that too. Just—just just want to add that as well, because sometimes priests, are like, oh, just religious people, but like, no, there's people in charge. Yes. He These took them. Upper he class. took them to task. Yes, yes. 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 And so he provided a place of accountability
1: bingo oh man love oh, that God. word Good accountability reading. he brings in the priests who are the spiritual leaders <laughs> they're in front of all these other people then he brings a right the the the, <laughs> ne, the the guy's guilty and mm-hmm. it says hey promise before the priests mm-hmm. and if you don't then he does his little dance thing in front of them that's what's going to happen to you <laughs> and then the whole yeah. assembly is like amen mm-hmm. he has within his right to to within his power to do that and he creates a system of accountability about, about. question why do we hate about accountability so much why because why and, why
2: then there's consequences and like <laughs> shame and stuff
1: so is is is, is, is that's what's go, is that's what's going is that what is
3: going on here is nehemiah creating an atmosphere of shame and, and no. fear-based no he's he's anger. raising he's raising up the standards that have been broken down mm. we don't have just the wall that's broken down mm-hmm. there is spiritual standards that have been broken down i mean there's reasons why they are where they are mm-hmm. but um instead of Looking at shame, he's looking, okay, a way forward. This is the way that God has given us. Mm-hmm. He's pointing back to Moses and he's like, let's let's get this back on track again. Mm-hmm. Again, he's, he, was, he thought he was going to do this physical resor- restoration, but God is using him now t- into leading him. And then as we see later on with Ezra... Uh, there's going to be a lot of spiritual reformation going on mm-hmm. as well. So I think it's it's beautiful how God God leads uh, the whole people and Nehemiah in that direction. So it's a spiritual and accountability right. mm-hmm. that's
0: and being implemented. Additionally, like in verse in verse 12, mm-hmm. even before he does the shaking thing and calling the priests, mm-hmm. they said, "We will restore yes. it, mm-hmm. and we will require nothing from them. We will do as you say." So they've already made a commitment. Yes. Now he's just creating a system for them to be able to follow through with that commitment. So he's not
1: pushing this, or right. forcing this is it. Their this is Already, what people are wanting to do, but now is creating an external system yes. to facilitate, facilitate what they are wanting to do. Wow. Okay, I love that clarification. Yeah, Kelly.
2: A key part of accountability being more about accountability and less about just shame, mm. I think, is timing. Mm. And so he does, you know, he is setting up when something's going wrong. It's not completely preemptive, but it's also he's not waiting until it's so terrible that he's like, all right, guys, I'm just going to, like, shame all of you for being so terrible. Like, they're still at a place that they're willing to change. Mm -hmm. They're still at a place Mm -hmm. that they're willing to be receptive to his blastings Mm -hmm. because you don't see them being like, yeah, well, you, okay, well, (laughs) I mean, they they are receptive. So I think sometimes we, in accountability in places of, like, huge leadership and small leadership, we wait until it's so bad mm-hmm. that maybe our anger gives us courage and mm. then it does become just shame. Yes,
1: that's and it's true. not about
2: actually helping them. It's about putting someone back in their place in a very demonic is way. Is it
1: courage anger-based or is it mm.
2: love-based? Love-based, mm.
1: love mm. I love that. Um, and you made me just make this point when we we'll come to Jonathan. Sure. Here, I mean, he's, he's he's doing, I call it a dance. I don't mean to be frivolous that's in that, true. but mm-hmm. here he's taking the role of a prophet in a mm-hmm. sense where the prophets would act out, out. Mm-hmm. what would happen and, and out of love. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm connecting this to, yeah, you. to what you're saying, <laughs> that he's like, hey, may God will shake you out like I'm shaking out my garment here. And mm-hmm. that's a visual uh, dramatic. Yeah, sticking in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love this. This is, this is what a godly leader should do to exercise the power for righteousness' sake mm-hmm. that's due
3: within his rights. Yes, you know? John. And he points in verse, uh, you look at verse 9, it says, Then I said, What are you doing? Uh, what are you, <laughs> Sorry, what you are doing <laughs> is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? Mm-hmm. So he points us back to the fact listen, we, you know, we are to represent God. Uh, We're to fear him, but to represent him to the nations. Mm. The nations look at us, and they see us how we treat each other. How are they supposed to get to know God? How are they supposed to see that our God is a God of love? You know, so he points us back. He's not just let's be fair and social justice. He says, you know, this is about God's character. God, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. Okay, let's move to verse 14 and go to verse uh, all the way to 19. I'll read verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year unto the thirty-second year of King Artaxerxes twelve years, neither I nor my brothers ate the governor's provisions. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took them, from them bread and wine, besides forty shekels of silver. Yes, even their servants bore rule over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Indeed, I also continued the work on this wall, and we did not buy any land. All my servants were gathered there for the work. And at my table were one hundred and fifty Jews and rulers, besides those who came to us from the nations round us. Now that which was prepared daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowl were prepared for me, and once every ten days an abundance of all kinds of wine. Yet, in despite of this, I did not demand the governor's provisions, because the bondage was heavy on this people. Remember me, my God, for good. According to all that I have done for this people. Mm. Alright, so there is a counter, there is a kind of an opposite thing going on here from the first half of chapter 5. Chapter 5, the second half of chapter 5. But what's going on here, Jonathan, in this, in verse 14 through the verse 15?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Nehemiah here um, looks at the situation of how it used to be. He's describing how the people of Israel were, or the, the Jews here in Judah, uh, were always being kind of squeezed in, in mm-hmm. what they have to do. They had to provide this, the silver. They had to provide all these things. And he's saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. The, it, the burden is already so heavy on these people. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's let's try to finish this together. Let's. Mm-hmm. He he's investing himself. He's giving from his own provision. We already saw that earlier in in, in previous chapters, and uh, he's making sure that there is no um, rulership over them where he is taking advantage. I mean he. He technically could ask for all these things. Yeah, these benefits were rightfully yeah. his in the title of the governor.
1: Yes, he had every everywhere. Right. There's nothing illegal and, about this. And I don't think but that he withdraws. He
3: surrenders. That's it. right. And I don't think that those benefits were all necessarily to enrich him. Mm. They were set up because he had to provide for a certain yes. household and for people. So he is, he is making sacrifices. He's paying out of his own uh, account here to make sure that at least the you know the bases are covered. But it's not, he's not going to tax his people. He is, he's with them. He's on the yes. same level with them. When he,
0: when he in, the, in the previous verses, when he asked the rulers, the nobles to stop, you know, demanding usury of the people, he's not asking of them anything more than he would do. Because he's actually doing more than he's asking of them. He's not saying sacrifice, you know, from your own pocket. He's just saying, just stop. Abusing yes, other people, so, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you you have in contrast, he is actually giving sacrificially right. of his what what is his due in order to help the people. Yes. and that's I mean that's a picture of leadership that we don't see in a lot of places. Contem you know in our yeah. contemporary society, he,
1: he uses the power that's rightfully his for the people, but he doesn't use the power that's rightfully his for his, for his own, own sake. Benefit. These I think there's a the contrast yeah. of these two narratives yes. going on. Kelly.
2: I would say as as Nehemiah, he could be like doubly tempted to do this. Mm -hmm. One, because he's governor. Mm -hmm. And two, because he's a great governor. Mm -hmm. So it's not just by that, but it's like, man, I've sacrificed so much for this people. I kind of deserve just the provisions. Mm -hmm. So like, even if I take half of them, and I think we do the same thing even our spiritual lives. Like, well, I mean, I serve God so well. <laughs> I think it's okay.
1: God would understand. I, God understands. If I eat this box of donuts, I deserve it, you know. Do you
2: want I, to talk yeah, about God, it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do like, we make so many sacrifices, but then we think we earn something by our sacrifices. Sure. And Nehemiah gives it to God. Remember me, my God. It's deep. For this. Like, yeah, and deep. that's where I leave it. And I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do, Mm -hmm. but I leave it in you to figure out. Which in reality,
0: it's a picture of Jesus, you know, like what Jesus has done and what Jesus does for us is you look at his whole ministry and I was having a conversation with someone and they were were kind of perplexed about something that Jesus said and did and it's like, why wouldn't Jesus defend himself, you know, like, so that means that Jesus was not God. And it's like, no, you know what? (laughs) Throughout Christ's ministry, his mission was never to defend himself. Like he had, that wasn't why he came. He came for the benefit of others.
1: Yeah, we see here, this is a clear picture of the character of Jesus. If you go here in chapter 5, verse 15, at the end it says, because of the fear of God, and in verse 18, because of the bondage of the people. These are his dual motivations to serve the people, Mm -hmm. fearing God and loving the people. This is a clear picture of Jesus as the ultimate biblical leader in the center of Nehemiah. Hopefully you've been blessed with the character of Jesus shining through in the book of Nehemiah. It's been a blessing to me, hopefully to all of you guys, hopefully you guys out there. Thanks so much for joining us on Inverse. We'll see you here next week.
0: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.